welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 22nd of March. My name is Bernadette Andeco, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer. On the show today, Mike Rabber will fill us in on all the market action overnight, and fixed income analyst Dario Messi joins me to explain more about the topic of the week, additional tier one bonds, and whether or not there's still a credible investment in the light of the write-down of Credit Suisse's AT1 bonds earlier this week. But first, let's start with an update from the markets. Good morning, Mike, and welcome to the show. Perhaps you'd start us off with an update on what happened in the US markets yesterday. Good morning, Bernadette. The S&P 500 rose 1.3% yesterday, led by cyclical sectors such as energy, consumer discretionary, and financials. Comments by U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that the U.S. government would intervene again if smaller banking institutions suffered deposit runs gave some comfort to investors to get back into equities. The VIX index, Wall Street's preferred gog of investor anxiety, posted its biggest two-day drop since May of last year. But the U.S. banking crisis remains still in focus. U.S. authorities and major U.S. banks led by Jamie Dimon from J.P. Morgan, continued to look for how to best help First Republic Bank, whose stock price has dropped by 19% since its high in February of this year. So be on the lookout for some possible news flow on this bank. Turning to fixed income, there have been some reports recently about illiquidity in the U.S. Treasury market, as bond yields have been whipsawed several times since the start of the year, and with movements in bond yields getting fiercer recently. But yesterday, the U.S. Treasury market remained relatively calm, and the 10-year U.S. Treasury is at 3.58% this morning. Okay, so we've heard about equities and bonds, but what about action in the gold market yesterday? Yes, um, renewed investor risk appetite uh, weighed on the gold price. It fell from uh, a high of over 1980 to currently $1,941. But uh, Bernadette, maybe you were also referring to what some call the digital gold. And I'm talking, of course, about Bitcoin. It, in fact, remains well bid. When I last looked, it was at $28,260, its highest level since June of last year. Wow, that's something. Uh, Did we have any data releases that might be of interest? Yes, there was in the U.S. uh, some information on the U.S. house price front. Contract closing on existing homes jumped by the most since mid-2020 last month, reaching an annualized pace of 4.58 million. Although this comes after months of uh, lower levels. But what really caught my eye is that the median price for an existing home dropped 0.2% in February from a year earlier. This is the first drop since uh, 2012. Clearly, the rise in interest rates is starting to bite, as one can see. Indeed. Um, Now, of course, it's central bank week and we're kicking off with the Fed today. Markets have been a little bit uncertain about what to expect, given the banking fallout we've had recently. Do we have a clear consensus heading into today's decision? Yes, the... um or rather probably not. The US Federal Reserve, it has to strike a really a balance between staying true, not only to its inflation fighting credentials, but also making sure that the US financial system is not overwhelmed by what Janet Yellen called contagious bank runs. Markets are pricing in a high chance for a 0.25% rate hike 
to a range of 4.75 to 5% in the policy rate. But given the great uncertainty currently, forecasts among major banks are ranging from a cut of 0.25% to a rise of 0.5%. This divergence of views has hardly ever been so great uh, and just reflects the tight rope the Fed is walking on currently. But importantly, uh, it is not only about the policy rate, but also about the press conference with Gerald Powell later today. The market reaction to his comments and answers to questions, i.e. the performance of the S&P 500, but also the US dollar, will be telling whether investors will give a thumb up or thumbs down to the US Federal Reserve. Yep, I think it'll be a question of wait and see today. Um, now, I see there's more news on the wires about UBS. Are you able to fill us in with some details? Yes, certainly. Um, there is also um, on UBS, uh, it rose yesterday 12%, uh, its biggest daily gain since 2020. Um, this morning, it is reported that it is offering to buy back senior unsecured bail-in notes due in March 2028 and March 2032, which it had only issued on Friday. The bank noted that it is doing so in light of material events over the weekend. But uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from Daria on uh, the 81 bonds afterwards. Absolutely. Now, have we got any data releases out today that investors need to be aware of? Yes, UK inflation was just released at the top of the hour. It showed inflation rising a much greater than expected 1.1% in February and also 10.4% on the year. Uh, the pound moved up to 122.50 against the dollar immediately after the data release. And in fact, it's, it's not only the US Federal Reserve that is meeting, but also Brazil's central bank has to decide on its policy rate. The benchmark there is at 13.75%, so very, very high. And that is also the reason why President da Silva and his key cabinet members spent yesterday, yesterday criticizing the central bank for holding the bank rate at absurd high levels. And absurd is the word that President da Silva used. Wow. Um, what about market action today? So first on Asia, equities, they are responding well to the positive uh, market action out of the U.S., with both the Nikkei 225 and the Hang Seng rising nearly 2%. Uh, maybe one interesting report of uh, China that I saw it has approved the first mRNA COVID vaccine. It is made by a Chinese company. But coming to Europe, uh, it looks like a moderate start here in terms of the equity market after yesterday's rebound. But of course, all eyes are on the US Federal Reserve and, as mentioned, Jerome Powell's press conference. So that's all from me. Thank you so much for the update, Mike. Thank you, Bernadette. Now we're joined by uh, Dario Messi from Fixed Income Research. We're going to delve into the world of AT1 bonds. Uh, the Credit Suisse takeover led to lots of headlines. One major discussion point was the write-down of its risky bonds, the so-called additional tier one debt or AT1s. Perhaps first, Dario, you could just explain what makes these bonds so special. So, yes, sure. Um, these bonds were introduced after the financial crisis. So the idea was to to increase the capital buffers and also with that to avoid that the, that the government or also ultimately the taxpayers need to step in again uh, in a too big to fail situation. So basically 
the big banks should be able to absorb losses with this capital. From an investor perspective, the instruments have some uh, depth and some equity characteristics. So they are basically in between. Okay, so you just said that 81s are basically in between equity and senior debt in the capital structure. So why in the case of Credit Suisse have the 81 bonds been written off completely while shareholders still got something out of the deal? Yes, this is certainly the big discussion point at the moment. It's discussed, this topic is discussed up and down these days in the bond market. Um, that the 81 capital got absorbed is nothing very special in that sense. So as I said before, these instruments are meant to be absorbed in specific situations. And I mean, you don't get this very high yield just for no additional risk. Uh, but yes, the big question was always uh, in the news now is also why did the equity holders get paid? Basically, the situation has not been solved following the traditional framework but more in an emergency takeover. And the instruments, the, the 81s, also have a very specific clause here of a complete write-down compared to other instruments which might foresee more an, an equity conversion or also a temporary write-down. And then ultimately also we have the FINMA, the regulator, which says that with the extraordinary government support, this will trigger a complete write-down. So it is certainly a discussion which will go on for a while now. But ultimately, we also have to say uh, also equity holders at the end took a huge loss. I see. So if we look more broadly now, is there a wider reaching implication for the entire 81 segment? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is whether 81 bonds are still a valuable um, alternative in an investor's portfolio. Yeah, that's certainly a valid question. I mean, temporarily, we will certainly have some open questions which uh, will depress sentiment for the segment. And obviously, also the the regulatory dimension in in these instruments is always an important input when it comes to to the fundamentals or to gauge the fundamentals of this instrument. We see already now uh, authorities across the globe uh, heavily trying to restore some confidence in the segment as they know it is an important ingredient in the too-big-to-fail framework. Um, Talking of which, maybe also... Uh, We might probably have more discussions here in the coming weeks, months, and probably even years, how this framework, so this too-big-to-fail framework, uh, needs to be adapted to also handle more emergency situations like the ones we just had. Um, But overall, coming back to your question, uh, yes, 81s have, in a diversified manner, certainly still some value for investors, um, giving still this good risk-reward combination. Um, for now, we think uh, 81s remain certainly in the discussion point um, for bond investors. Uh, but uh, at least for today, we are all watching how the Fed handles this uh, balancing act between price and financial stability. Indeed. Thanks so much for the insights, Dario, and thanks for making the time to join the show today. Well, that concludes today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Join us again tomorrow to find out what's moving markets. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Business Leaders is a monthly podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs across the globe. We delve into the details of how they started their careers 
their journeys in building businesses and hear about some of the challenges that they faced along the way. Search for business leaders on your favorite podcast player.